Welcome to The Jarek Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Crone. Timely topics, poorly presented. Hello, happy Friday or whatever day you're watching this. This is The Jarek Show. I am Javad Malik, and alongside me, as always, is the lovable, huggable darling that is known as Eric Crone. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, I guess. Yeah, cool. So this is a bit of a surprise because uh, for Eric at least, and a bit for me because we're we're changing things up a bit. We don't have a guest for this week, but we're going to go through the news. Some of the the uh, the uh, prominent news stories of this week. And normally, what we do, we will get together half hour before the show. We'll go through each of our lists. We'll figure out what other stories we want to talk about. But you know. We, we also want to show that we're more than just pretty faces that can rehearse stuff and um, say things off the, uh, you, you know, off a script. So what we are doing this week is what I'm I'd like terrified. to call, I haven't read the story, but here's what I think based on the headline. So the first story <laughs> is Eric Crone, privacy-focused search engine DuckDuckGrew, grew by... DuckDuckGrew. DuckDuckGo grew by 62% in 2020. Is it a surprise to you? Uh, no, I think people are more worried about their privacy and, and what they're searching. And, you know, when they're when they're looking to do insurrections or something like that, they don't necessarily want Google to know. That's my guess. That's what's driving all this is, is all the political stuff. Yeah. Do, do you think like targeted ads had, have uh, anything to do with Oh, that's a nice pretty graph they have on. on oh, screen. that is a pretty graph. That's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Queries in millions. Wow. So have, have you actually tried to Google, uh, Google something? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried to search for something on the internet using one search engine and, yeah, and then finding completely different results on another? It's quite fascinating, actually. I think it, we're so used to sticking to the one that we are used to. And for most people, it is google but um it, it's quite fascinating you you get different perspectives when you use different search engines and i suppose um privacy is just another thing this is really funny my my my, my phone i i mentioned google's name and it just <laughs> triggered, the, <laughs> triggered the okay google. so i think what's interesting here is is you know search engines like google uh we we don't think about it but they're ad driven right so they're they're driven by people buying ads in these things. And so the results that you get are going to be the results that they want to send you oftentimes going to be based on probably ad revenue or people that have, you know, it comes up as sponsored. Their algorithm is, is, is twisted like that, which is why if you do the same search on a couple of different search engines, you will get different results. I mean, that's a key reason. Um, but, but they're going to tell you um, what you want to uh, to end up seeing or what they want you to see, which is kind of disturbing. Um, so it is kind of good to, to use a couple of those uh, rather it, than just one. It is, it is, especially when uh, you, you see so many are um, off the ads on Google are, are even, they're, they're very disguised. You can't even tell straight off the bat that they, it is a sponsored ad or something that's been paid for. It's, it's quite nice to blend it into everything else. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Okay, next story. FBI disinformation campaign seeks to exploit capital siege. Uh, this is something that happens down, down your neck of the woods, didn't it? Um, yep, yep. 
<laughs> so um, what would you make of this? Disinformation, for misinformation. This this has been a big thing for a while. So now. the first thing I want to point out about this headline is it is not an FBI disinformation campaign. Uh, <laughs> right? Depending on how you read oh, that. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, disinformation campaign, uh, you know, we've been seeing that all year. That That's nothing new from last year. And and this, you know, I don't want to sound tinfoil hatty, but we are all different nations. And there are there is like a warfare and, and espionage and, and spying and stuff going on across all sorts of ways between us and Russia and China and them and us. And, you know, just all that kind of stuff really does happen. And so. This has been happening. It's been going on, and we've seen evidence of that. I think in one of our earlier shows, we talked about some of that, too, where they were showing that some of the same accounts were uh, sending out these like crazy stories on both sides, but then they get picked up and amplified by people, and then it becomes fact, and then that's how these disinformation campaigns work. So I think it's uh, honestly just more of the same. I think it's just there to, to kind of keep uh, everybody, you know, pit against each other, honestly. Yeah. We should actually uh, invite someone that's an expert on disinformation um, and, and these sort of psyops campaigns onto the show. I think I think Rosa would make actually a good good candidate. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. We'll see. Okay. Uh, FBI again. Now they're not carrying out the vishing, but they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're warning people that there are vishing attacks. Uh, stealing corporate accounts uh, and vishing is uh, basically voice phishing. Uh, don't ask me who comes up with these terms, uh, but we just adopt whatever the industry adopts. But it's basically someone phoning up and phishing you on the phone. They're scamming you on the phone. They say, "Hey, hi, I'm calling from IT. Something, some issues with your account. Uh, what domain are you logging on to? What's your ID? Can you verify what your password is? That that kind of thing." Or or they can use it as parts of a layered attack where they'll say, where they phone you, claim to be from IT, say, okay, I'm now sending you an email. And, and what that does, it just adds that bunch of uh, legitimacy to it. Uh, actually, just yesterday, I was uh, I raised a ticket with IT and uh, they were sorting something out for me. And um, they said, okay, I'm, I'm through the ticketing system, they said, we'll, we'll send you an email with, a, with, with some information in it. And uh, that didn't come through. So I looked in my spam folder and lo and behold, it you know it had gone into the spam folder. But because I had already engaged with them and I was expecting it, I, I you know it automatically I I was more trusting of that email than had it just arrived into my spam folder. So I think this kind of attack is um, uh, we're going to see more and more of them just in terms of lay these layered attacks where they'll they'll phone you, they'll text you, they'll send you an email. They might send you a deep fake of, of some sort, but all of this collectively, it just adds to the con. It creates that that environment that um, that, that to to condition people to to be used to it. Well, I, I tend to call these hybrid attacks, um, and, and the way that I look at that is, I mean, they're different mediums coming in, and what it does is each different medium that they hit you up on led leads credibility to the other one. And so before you know it, you believe the thing because you're like, oh, who would email me and text message me that this is going on, you know? And and so I do find it funny, this headline, I mean, I am shocked, shocked to hear that vishing campaigns are working, right? Um, I mean, come on, really, this is how Twitter happened. This is one key thing in Twitter. Hey, this is the IT team. We need to blah, 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 blah. Dude, that is just 
so much of what goes on. I mean, look, you know, look at our interview with Elise. Um, it's what she does. It, it is just so it works. Why is this a headline? Honestly, it is. I, I think what what what's really interesting is towards the end. Um, they also talk about how the techniques have been used a lot to bypass the second factor in multi-factor authentication. So they might have your username and password from a previous dump or something, but they won't have your your token. And that's where the vishing really comes in. So they can phone you up and say, hey, we're about to send you a text uh, with a code in it. Can you read it out for us? And at yep. that point, they'll try to enter and you read it back. And within the, the 60 seconds, if they in, input it, they'll have access to your, to your account. So. So this is something our, our good colleague Roger, Roger Grimes has spoken extensively about that. Um, you know, multi-factor authentication, absolutely. No one's saying don't do it, absolutely implement it. But you've got to be aware that that's where a lot of the attacks will, will go to. Yeah, you can't just drop the mic and walk away and think you're secure because you have MFA. You're like, oh, that's fixed. No, <laughs> no, 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 not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A Chinese hacking group is stealing airline passenger details. Who's flying these days? Um, <laughs> yeah, both people that have flown. <laughs> 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 so, folks, remember, I, I have not seen these. Javad has had the... Uh, no, the I've not video. seen these either. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, because you pointed out in the last one, you're like, and down here it says... I mean, come on, man. Um, I actually saw this and I thought about this and, and this kind of goes back to even Marriott, the Marriott hack, right? So the idea behind this was they're they're trying to steal this information to look at movements of um, potentially interesting people, if you will, right? And, and you remember the same thing happened with Marriott. They were looking for where people were staying. They were looking for um, the potential of uncovering moles and spies be, be by, by these trends, um, through that kind of stuff. So they, they were using that information for a lot of that. And my understanding is they were using the same sort of thing here um, to look at their travel schedules too. Uh, that was the idea behind this. So it, it's, this is like serious, like, you know, uh, espionage type stuff uh, as far as I, I understand. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you know what? This reminded me of this, this other story. We might have spoken about it before, but there's a, let me just pull up the, the story. There's an Australian uh, hacker who goes by the name of Alex, who said um, that they browsed uh, Instagram, they found X uh, PM's yep. uh, boarding pass, and they they found out absolutely everything about it. We'll put this in the show notes. It's an absolutely entertaining, brilliant, and scary read. But there's a lot of information held by airlines that you know you you wouldn't think. So even weird things like, so um, sometimes you can choose your meal preference, you can save that and say like it's a it's a kosher meal, you can or, or a halal meal, you can automatically figure out what, what religious uh, sort of background that, that, that person belongs to, or you know, if they have any nut allergies or, or what have you. So there's a whole ton of other information that's uh, held in these systems that you know we, we don't always think about. After the movie Airplane, I always say, not the fish. <laughs> wow, you're dating yourself there. That 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 joke is reference is lost on about eighty percent of horror audience. <laughs> Great movie years ago. If you like really slapstick stuff, airplane. Yeah, uh, yeah. The whole police squad uh, series was great as well. <laughs> okay, seventy uh, percent of UK finance industry hit with cyber attacks in twenty twenty. I, I, I suppose. 
suppose because I'm in the UK, you're going to look to me to to provide some commentary. No, you know, I'll, I'll throw this out. There. I don't know where you got these these headlines. Were you going for like most obvious things ever? Right? Like, oh my gosh, financial institutions, they're trying to get into those. Why would they ever attack financial institutions? Right? I mean, shocker. <laughs> I, I have this like uh, this uh, headline generator roulette machine that <laughs> stories for me. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> 1.9 million. See, now, this wasn't expected. Pixel R user records for free on forum. <laughs> Uh, what is that website, Pixel R? I, I have no idea. I was hoping you knew. <laughs> okay, it's a very popular oh, right? online photo editing application. Photo editing application with many of the same features found in a professional app like Photoshop. Interesting. Um, so, <laughs> so people were like, "Hey, we we now know you were editing photos, Eric. Bad boy." Um, I I guess it depends on what photos you're editing. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Um, you know, we could we could have another uh, uh, another iCloud spill here or something. I don't even know. I mean, seriously, I, I, you got to wonder what people think about when they when they use tools like this to edit stuff. And and you know, I don't I don't know that I'd ever want to see what that kind of stuff looks like on these. But no, yeah. no. So so actually, it's it's like their their email address, their login names, and SHA five twelve hashed passwords. Um, yeah. Also, their, their their country and whether they signed up for the newsletter and some other miscellaneous information, and it was all downloaded from an AWS bucket. Oh god! Uh, which was probably was it another unsecure bucket? I mean, <laughs> it's like, come on! Oh, it's become quite boring when I was that. Rather rinse, repeat, right? Uh, <laughs> now that's interesting, though. I mean, the the information they scraped is not high value, but it is useful as we've talked about before in like phishing scams, social engineering scams, all that information. Um, now you put something together that references, Hey, you know, this is a pixel or whatever pixel or, uh, we need you to whatever click here, you know, or, or confirm your account or you're going to lose it sort of things. I mean, there's lots of things that you can do with that information. Um, even though it's not like credit card information or, or that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That also reminds me, there was this other story, this, this week uh, or recently, where there was this app called Fleek. Uh, it allowed people to exchange intimate photos with each other or something. Uh, it's been shut down, but people thought that they uh, had deleted their photos, but they hadn't been deleted. Uh, so any people's, you know, very uh, personal photos uh, were, were available and downloaded. And, uh, and again, it's another misconfigured AWS three bucket shocker. Uh, you know, I got to say, I mean, <laughs> fleek. Um, so I don't, I don't really even know what that word means other than it makes my teenage kids like Twitch when I'm like, Ooh, that's on fleek. And I do it just, you know, just to be sure just to mess with them. Um, but <laughs> you know, I mean, really, I just, I don't know. Um, this sort of thing just seems to me like it would be ripe for, for problems, honestly. And why people do this, I just, just don't know. That's because you're old. You're old. It must be, man. I, I must just be so far out of this. I, you know, put me on the porch. I'll yell at kids to get off my lawn. <laughs> and finally, uh, coin mining malware volume saw 53% in Q4 2020. So, um, yeah, so Bitcoin 
continues to rise in value and criminals carry on going after it. Yeah, you know, it was interesting there for for a while. Um, ransomware was was really rocking the world, and then it kind of slowed down a little bit. And um, you know, crypto jacking software took over quite a bit. We saw a lot of crypto jacking software being dropped on machines and and in organizations um, as Bitcoin and and Monero and all those kind of went up in value. Um, but then as ransomware started just really making money and and the cryptocurrency was so volatile, it was dropping a little bit. Um, we saw far less of that happening and then being replaced with ransomware again. So it kind of went quiet. We still saw, you know, uh, crypto jacking being kind of left on there as the, the extra thing as they left, you know. Um, but all things considered, it really, really backed off. Well, now here we're in the surge of Bitcoin and, and these cryptocurrencies again. And, you know, they're firing back up because now it makes sense to to do that, I guess. Um, so. I was a little surprised to see that because I hadn't really thought that I was going to see that make a, a play, a comeback again. Yep. Don't call it a comeback, as LL Cool Chase <laughs> Right. I, I just realized that's a reference that's lost on you because you're uncultured. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for being with us this week. We hope you enjoyed our story roulette and putting Eric on the spot. And me, actually, I, I only saw the headlines and uh, they were randomly generated from, from this last week. So... Uh, thank you very much. Eric, any final words? No, not Okay, no, not really. That's all we heard from him. So thank you very much. Stay secure, my friends.